I'm your host, Rabbi Linda Schreiner Khan, and welcome to Tehillah Talks, where teens engage in honest conversation with their rabbi about what it means to be Jewish in the world today. Welcome to the latest episode of Tehillah Talks. Welcome, Helena, Natasha, Bernie, and Alexis, as we have a conversation about coming out of the COVID cocoon. My first question to all of you, is it too soon to say that? Yes, any of you? I think we're, we're in the transition for sure. I don't know if, I wouldn't say it's the process is done at all. But I don't think that's what you're asking. No, it's a, it's a cocoon is, a, you know, I don't think we're butterflies yet. Definitely not. But, you know, are we sort of inching our way out of the cocoon? And, and what does that look like? What do you think? I feel like plans are being made, definitely. Like, right, Broadway is reopening in September. And, you know, I've heard stories of people going outside without their mask on. I think my history teacher was like, today, she forgot her mask and then she had to run inside to get it back. But she didn't feel like this horrible panic that she used to feel when she left the house without, without her mask. So there's like progress. I don't think we're completely there, but we're getting there. And I think also, also it's about where we are now in New York City, where people are mostly compliant. And then also in the United States, where we've been very lucky and have had access to vaccines. And so we are sort of in a place where we're sort of coming out of the cocoon. And then also, of course, people are challenging it and trying to speed it up. I mean, people in my grade sometimes just walk around with no masks and try to keep them off as long as possible until they get corrected. And, and we're seeing that with, I mean, entire parts of the country, of course, but I mean, it is getting, the restrictions are getting lifted and there is, there's definitely hope. Natasha, any thoughts on this? Not really. Um, I'd go with no. That's fine. What strikes me about this is, is, you know, as a rabbi, I think in biblical metaphors and uh, it helps me frame and reframe the way I look at things. So when this all began, I looked to Noah being on the ark for 40 days and 40 nights. I thought, okay, this is going to be a 40 days sprint. And guess what? I was wrong. And then I went back to the text and realized they were on the, on, on the ark a lot longer than the reign of the 40 days and 40 nights. And then what struck me was when Noah got off the ark, one of the first things he did after he sort of made God made the deal with Noah saying, I'm, not, I'm never going to destroy the world again. And, and the, the rainbow appeared. Noah got drunk. He got so drunk that one of his sons walked in on him and he, it was inappropriate. And the other two sons had to come in. They backed into the tent and covered him up. So coming out of something like this, you never know what it's going to look like. That's one biblical metaphor that's sitting with me. And the other one is what we're reading in, in the weekly Torah portion of being in the wilderness and uh, coming out of Egypt and having something normative there and now being in an abnormal situation. And the abnormality of where we are right now goes beyond COVID. And so 
part of my question about this notion of coming out of the cocoon is, are we going to go back? Are we going to be, you know, the, the Israelites like a couple of weeks ago were, were screaming that they wanted meat and they wanted, they wanted the food of Egypt, right? We want to go back because we don't, we, we're afraid to go forward. Are we afraid to go forward? And, we, what do we, and if we want to go back, what do we want to go back to? So that's my question. We're, you know, yes, things are reopening, but is it going to look the same, Alexis? I don't think it's going to look the same. Especially because, right, you know, now there's like this certain level of caution and now we've done it. Like I've seen this joke a few times where it's like these are no longer unprecedented times. And yeah, they're not. Now we kind of like we're definitely more conscious. We're more like conscious about our health and how many times we touch our face and how many times we wash our hands and, you know, and germs and everything. But I think like some things are definitely going to go back to normal i think right like the big thing at school has always been oh next year we'll go back to normal i don't know necessarily how much i think that's true but i think in some areas of school definitely back to normal like you know maybe i'll be able to be closer to my friends and i'll be able to talk to them without a mask on but i also think you know the way we think about learning has changed and the way we think about people and everything has definitely changed so that sort of leads me to the next question. You think educational change? Yeah, Helena. Yeah, I just sort of see it as like a new era. Like we had this huge shift of the way we think about learning, education, interacting with people. And now I think we're not going to return to normal, normal. I mean, knowing now what the potential of, like, for example, technology is. For example, I mean, even just bringing homebound people into religious services online, just things like that, um, learning online, having meetings online, connecting with people across the world more regularly. I think things like that sort of just, it's, it's more like a new time more than returning to the past. But I think we do still need to return to the past of gathering with communities in person. It, it's just a different experience. Yeah, I think we need to return to that. Natasha, do you think we're going to be doing education differently as you go on to the next phase of your educational career? I hope so. I, I think Helena brings like a really good point. Like I think something like people who are homebound or people with disabilities that prevent them from being in the classroom or even things like you're tired or you feel sick in whatever way that means, body or mind. Like I like the idea that there's there could be more leniency with the way that we offer like the educational tools to students. Um, And I think something like this proves what we, what people who are disabled or need certain accommodations have always been saying, which is that this is possible, but that we don't care enough in order to do it. And we're not willing to make certain sacrifices in order to do it. So I hope that I think, especially with certain classes, like I think an online format is actually not terribly detrimental. Like I think especially large or especially small classes, I don't think you lose as much. And so I I hope some of these things stay in terms of my own experience. I, I think most of my things will be in person just because research is very difficult to do. Um, or the research that I do is very difficult to do if you're not there. So Bernie. Yeah, I think, I think we'll definitely be bringing things with us from this time forward, you know, going forward. But I don't, you said like the Israelites were afraid of going forward and, and 
wanted to go back. I think very few people will want to go back to whatever this past year was. I think, you know, we're not. Well, no, no, I'm not. I'm not saying to go back to this, what this past year was, but to the before times. Uh Before times. So I interrupted you. So go. I mean, yeah, I'd say um, I think most people want to go go back to I mean, people want to kind of like shed the fear of uh, of an actual sickness. I think that's what we're moving towards. I think that's yeah, I think that's what we're moving towards. I think that's what people want. I think we'll we'll also be bringing things from the past, but I don't know. It's definitely going to be awkward, but I don't know about like the aspect of fear of moving forward. Well, is is fear always a bad thing? Elena? Well, yeah, I was just thinking about, as I think we all are, like how long will masks be a thing? And I think, I mean, keeping that sort of like a trend and something that we see every day now, um, or when you're sick, you wear a mask. I think that might be a fear that has a positive reaction. And I mean, it's a good precaution and it's good for safety. But I mean, it's just like, how long will we see the effects of this? Both, I mean, just physically, like seeing the mask versus the entire population that we lost and, and the emotional effects. I'm wondering how long will that do you think we're prepared to deal with the emotional effects? So that's why I was sort of giving you the Noah example of it. he got he got drunk, he got drunk. It was like I need to start again. What? What? I don't know if I can do that. You know? How do you restart your engine? And I will admit that being with people for the first time in person, particularly for me and my work, is people that maybe I don't know so well. For them to feel comfortable talking to me when they haven't really talked to anybody in person for over a year, it's hard. It's really hard. It's like muscles we haven't used. They're, they're not quite atrophied, but they're, they're muscles. Yeah. Alexis. Well, I remember when I started going back to school full time, like, I don't know, two months ago, a month ago. It was this really weird feeling because I just wasn't used to waking up that early every day. And I wasn't used to like seeing people every single day and it was this really strange like phenomenon because I got really used to texting people and that was my only interaction with them and for some people that was like that was great you know that was great and that worked really well and then for some people it was like oh I don't remember how to talk to you or for some people it was like I had just met them this year and it was like I really don't know you but I want to, but I can't really. And it's just really, it was a really strange experience. Anyone else? Yeah, I think something that I've been thinking about a lot, like both with myself and with my friends is sort of like what's been lost like emotionally this year. I think, and I think something I've noticed is I feel like a lot of my friends have lost like momentum and seem to be sort of like spinning wheels. Um, And I think it's hard because I'm, like graduating college. And I think that's also a time that people often sort of spin their wheels. But I think that's something that I feel like I've been observing in friends that I think before this happened were, were moving with a lot of determination and purpose. And I think even in myself, I don't think I feel derailed so much in that sense, but I feel like not as good at like being happy anymore. I don't know if that makes sense, but I think like the fears 
and yeah, and I think I think the fear of the months when this first started and then the months of waiting afterwards have really stunted my ability to like be be joyful. And so I think something that I've been trying to do is like be more conscious of what makes me joyful in the world and trying to like search that out more. Whereas I think like the last year and a half, it's felt like both hard to feel that joy and like selfish to feel that joy and like almost impossible to feel joy. So I don't know. Yeah. Anyone else want to take up this uh, notion that Natasha introduced about joy? Easy, hard, Alexis? Well, I guess when this, like, when this first started, there was this, like, feeling of denial, like, okay, this will be over in, like, a few months, right? And then a few months turned into six months, and then six months turned into a year. And I think, like, as that time went on, it was, like, there was a sense of not dealing with it. And then now it's kind of like, oh, we're leaving. And we kind of have to, like, reflect upon everything that happened. Like, it's the end of the school year, so all my teachers were telling were telling us, oh, reflect on something that made you happy this year or something that you felt proud of this year. And I kind of had this moment of joy. What particularly made me experience a lot of joy? And how did I feel experiencing that? Because it was like, yeah, I felt happy this year, but it was also like dulled a little bit by everything that was going on. Because, you know, beneath everything, there was always fear. And, you know, we don't we didn't really acknowledge that fear like at all, like on a wider scale, right? At school, there were spaces to talk about how you were feeling and there were surveys sent out asking how you were feeling, but they can't really do everything all the time because, you know, sometimes you don't even realize it until you're looking back and asked to point out a different emotion. Elena. I think what Natasha was saying about like the moments of joy we have, I think that at least for me, but I, I also think for many people, the moments of joy come with interactions in person with people. And I mean, whatever that may be, like, uh, yeah, <laughs> whatever that may be. And so I think being remote, being at home for many months, I mean, we were just seeing, we were just having fewer moments of joy in our lives. And I remember one of the first when I was preparing to go back to school, we had to go in person to do a COVID test at my school. And I remember seeing my friend there and we we were so excited. We were seeing each other. We were like, oh, getting this COVID test. COVID testing is now a social event. COVID testing, this is the fun event that we're excited to go to because we can see each other. And yeah, that was like, we, we planned the whole thing around get, getting our COVID tests. And now as as I've been going back in person more, it's, it's just these moments of joy are, are much more frequent. And so I do think I, I am very hopeful for the plans to have, you know, many more things back in person, but I just think it depends what people associate with joy. And I think maybe finding it in different ways now. Bernie. Yeah. I, I just wanted to add on to that. I definitely noticed now just being in the presence of other people makes me a lot happier. <laughs> I don't know. I'm I'm not someone that like talks a lot, even even with my friends. I'm like pretty quiet. But just being in a room and like listening to other people talk and like just being in the presence of my friends, just I don't know. Like when I'm in person, I'm definitely more tired at the end of the day, but I feel more like satisfied. Like you know, more like a sense of that was a day that just happened. Not I was sitting in my chair for a while. 
So, so, so I sort of wonder if in retrospect for this year, we all of us won't take our interactions with other people for granted. Do, do, do you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. oh, it, I mean, in the past, oh, somebody came, came over for dinner. Yeah, well, that's really nice. Uh, but now, oh, they came for dinner and, you know, or we hung out or we went to a movie or whatever. That It was in person. Mm-hmm. And the way we reflect on it may be different. I don't know if you're both, you know, it sounds like you've already begun to do that, is to, mm-hmm. to take that in differently. But I also think, we had fewer opportunities for joy this year. So when they came, they were heightened. And so part of the question is, will that get normalized and will we sort of start taking it for granted again? I don't know. Alexis, you want to say something? Yeah. So, I I mean, I don't know if it'll get normalized again. Like right now, everything feels so like urgent. It's like, you know, you want to start hanging out with people again now and you want to start seeing people now. Like my mom's going to dinner with somebody tonight. Which, yeah, I mean, there's this whole thing with me. It's like, I want to see my friends again. I want to not just see them at school. And the moments of joy that you get from seeing people now, like for a long time, they were just so precious. Like you were guarding them, you were protecting them, you were making sure they happened. And I think that like for a long time, maybe even forever, at least, with you know, people who live through it, it'll be like, you know, there's this understanding that, you know, even if you're tired and you maybe don't necessarily want to see people at that moment, it's still something precious because it wasn't always like this. You didn't always get to see people for like a long time or often. And I mean, I don't know if seeing people will ever just be a normal thing again, because it's really hard to bounce back from something like this. Not not that you have to be very revelatory, but I know that I'll, I'll phrase it this way. Uh, for people I know who are very social, this was really hard. For people I know who are, are more introverted, this was less difficult. Yeah. Helena? Well, I think the funny thing about that, well, not funny, but funny for me, is that I think I've always been an introverted person, somewhat, or quiet at least. And then I feel like over the past year, just not interacting with people in person. And I feel like I've just had so many things to say that I haven't, that when I started seeing them, I feel like I've sort of shifted a little and now I'm more extroverted. And I don't know, I think just being at home and being on my own, it like everything got bottled up and now it's being, I don't know how to explain it, but I just think it's been, it's been like a different mindset recently, which has been interesting. So I'm going to say this is the end of part one. We're going to take a little break and then continue with part two. We're going to continue this discussion in our next episode. Tune in for part two of Coming Out of the COVID Cocoon. Thank you for taking the time to listen to Tehillah Talks. For more information about Tehillah, go to congregationtehillah.org. Tune in next time when our teens continue to reflect on issues of the day through a Jewish lens.